First time, long time. 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 Hey there, sports fans. First time, long time. I'm Tommy Fitzgerald. He's Richie Barone. Richie, how are you? You know, not bad. I'm looking forward to a big series starting tonight. We got the New York Mets versus St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, by my uh, by my speculation, this is probably going to be the make or break series for the 2016 season. We're a few games back of these, uh, you know, stupid Redbirds, and uh, we need these wins. Yeah, Richie, quite the tumultuous week. The true facts about the whole thing is when you got Yo and you got Noah, they're basically superheroes. They look like superheroes. They look like they're right out of the Marvel comic books. And, you know, I wonder with Yo, he's so open about ripping cigs, could we somehow see him be a mascot for the Marlboro Man? A little product placement? Anyway, biggest week of the season, filled with big weeks, as we go against those disgusting Redbirds in a town known for inferior barbecue and DUIs. Yeah, St. Louis is a disgusting town, i got to agree. Uh, I'd love to see y'all riding on a horse in one of those ads. Uh, too bad the PC police don't let people advertise cigarettes like they used to. Shout out to people who are uh, anti-PC police. Um, but yeah, it's been quite the week. Cespedes is like a guy on a Little League team whose birthday missed the cutoff date. Uh, so he plays with kids a year younger and just beats the hell out of them. You know, the Mets should change their name to the uh, to Yo and the Wild Wonderful Band of Mongoloids because that's pretty much what we got going here. It's Yo and a bunch of guys who uh, swing a pool noodle out there for a baseball bat. You know, without this guy, the only reason to go to City Field would be to get one last Keith Burger before the fall hits, which, you know, that's reason enough. But I'd like to also enjoy some baseball. As for St. Louis, I bought a Nelly CD today and lit it on fire for good luck. And if I'm being honest... We're going to need some good luck, I think, because, uh, John, anything I hit in the air is a home run. Nice is on the hill today. Uh, you know, actually, by the time you're hearing this, the game has been over. So, you know, hopefully we won. Uh, God bless. I'm praying to St. Anthony that we could find our bats and the strength to win, uh, you know, not only, not only the first game of the series, but the other two. Because, like I said, God knows we need them. Yeah, I tell you what, kid, I love with that Keith burger. They gave you the lollipop. Oh, yeah, the, the Tootsie Roll. What's your favorite flavor? I don't know. It's a real palate cleanser, though. I get real excited. I'm like, all right, I'm not only getting a hamburger, I'm getting chips and a lollipop. I mean, uh, you know, husky eight-year-old me would be creaming my pants. <laughs> I was always a bull pop guy myself, but I will I deal with the Tootsie Roll Pops. I do it for Keith. Um, easily some of the best food in the park, although the people cooking there, I don't know, they must be cooking the burgers with their feet. The line takes about 45 minutes for one burger. Never seen anything like it. Not ideal indeed, kid, but as we get to the upcoming schedule for the week, you mentioned that tonight's game, you know, we're taping this full disclosure about 7.30 right before the start of Mets-Cardinals, so hoping for a W tonight, but Wednesday's game, DeGrom against Martinez, and I tell you, kid, Jake must have had some bad garlic fries out in San Francisco because the Giants lit this guy up, but you know what, DeGrom, he's earned the benefit of the doubt. On the other side, this Martinez guy has an adventurous haircut, but he's 2-1 and one against the Mets in his career with a 1.31 earned run average over six games pitched against the Metropolitans. He was an uber prospect for the Cardinals once upon a time, and he settled into a pretty tremendous pitcher. Yeah, you know, uh, I got to say this Jason DeGrom, he was real bad last start out. I was hoping he'd get on Twitter and uh, tell everybody he stunk because it was impersonate Logan Verrett Day in the Mets clubhouse. 
But according to Gene, my cousin and our social media manager, that tweet never came. So I was a little concerned. But uh, now he faces this guy, Carlos Martinez, who's compared to Pedro Martinez pretty much only because he's short and has the same last name. Uh, pretty weak, in my opinion. You know, don't get me wrong, he's good, but he can't sling it like Pedro, and he's got a stupid millennial Justin Bieber haircut. I think Jason DeGrom gets on track, uh, gets back on the stick in this one, and takes a big proverbial dump all over everyone in St. Louis's fried ravioli. You know, they eat the fried ravioli out there, they think they can cook Italian in the Midwest. That's disgusting. It's Thursday. We got our boy Seth Lugo against Adam Wainwright. This is basically the equivalent of the United States hockey team against the Soviet Union in the 80 Olympics. Shout out to Herb Brooks, RIP to our guy Herb. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Wainwright anymore because all I really want to do is slap him in public for all the torment he's caused me over the last 10 years. Yeah, I had an idea if, uh, you, you know, and I'm, I'm workshopping this, so you tell me what you think about it. I was going to call this game, if the Mets win, the miracle on grass and dirt. I like it. I like it. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, it took me a while, but you know, I got it. I got it. Uh, I got it going here. Yeah, you know, Lugo pitched a nice little game out there last time, but he looks like a guy that worships at the church of Mike Pelfrey. Uh, one good start probably means five bad ones afterwards, so I don't expect very much. That said, let's just take a minute to reflect upon the fact that the next two out of three games that we're playing in St. Louis here, we are relying on uh, John Nice and a guy named Seth to carry us. Okay. We're in a wild card race. If you told me in April that we were going to be relying on John Neese and a guy named Seth to carry us into the wild card, I would have tied bricks to my feet and jumped right in the river. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I'd say other than Seth Rollins, who's one of my heroes and a WWE legend, the name Seth is its a pretty weak name, too. It reminds me of a guy who needs an inhaler after tying his shoes and carries portable bug spray because he's afraid of Zika. I think all we can hope for for these, uh, you know, these last couple games of this team is that they rise up again and uh, try to avenge our loss in 2006. We need to destroy this Adam Wainwright once and for all. I hear you 100%, kid. I like this Lugo. He seems like a nice enough guy. Unfortunately, looks like he's a 4A you know, between AAA and Major League Pitcher at this point, but hoping that he can prove me wrong on Thursday and for the remainder of this season and then on Friday. Bartolo Colon against Adam Morgan as the Mets play the Phillies. And I tell you, kid, this begins the first of 10, count them, 10 games against the Phillies the rest of the way. The Mets have any ideas, any delusions about making the playoffs. They have to consider 7-3 and three a disappointment against these bums. The Phillies don't have that weird radar gun guy behind home plate anymore. That guy gave me the creeps, but they've broken the Mets' hearts enough over the last 10 years. We have to take care of business in a major way and do it early against the Phillies. Hopefully, Chase Utley doesn't tear off his Dodgers jersey, Abba Hulk Hogan, and run in from left field to break Neil Walker's legs. Oh my god, the thought of that is terrifying. This is either going to be one of those games where the Mets keep the ball rolling, or a game where uh, everyone has given up on the season and Bartolo needs to pick up the pieces and raise Mets fan spirits. In any case, it's going to be an important one. And, uh, you know, like you said, if the Mets can't take advantage of a ton of games against a bunch of morons whose favorite athlete is Rocky, we got a problem on our hands. So, you know, all I got to say about this one is go, bot, go. Keep it going, buddy. Yeah, Cologne just chugging along like an 83 Chevy. The big man refusing to break down. God bless you, Bartolo. As we head to Saturday's game, we got Noah Syndergaard 
versus Jeremy Hellickson as Noah coming off a start against the Giants in which, quite frankly, Richie, he was unbelievable. Working the two-seamer inside to righties, had the four-seamer on point as well. Remarkably efficient, getting early outs. We've seen Noah the last few starts in some instances having trouble putting people away, getting that high pitch count. Was not an issue against the Giants on Sunday. And really for me, that Sunday game was a microcosm. That's a, that's a big fancy wordly wise word. But on a major stage in a game, on national television, I started talking myself back into the Mets, led behind Syndergaard and Ioannis Cespedes. Yeah, that's what happens. A couple good games from Yo and a couple good games from uh, Mr. Axe Hairgel himself. And all of a sudden you think the Mets can get back in the race. You know, I wish we had these guys like Syndergaard and Cologne pitching in St. Louis, but, you know, what can you do? Maybe if Terry was a better manager, things would have shaken out differently, but that's another story for another day. Anyway, Syndergaard is back on the saddle out there, um, you know, both on his horse and on the pitching mound, and he should make Jerry, Jeremy Hellickson look like an ox softball pitcher with a torn rotator cuff. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a guaranteed W for the Mets, and uh, if it's not... Uh, really nothing I could do about it. But at the same time, I am guaranteeing you right now, if you see me out and they don't win this game, I will buy you a beer. But I'm broke, so I really hope they win it. I know they're going to win it. Let's go, Noah. That's the old Jim Fossil guarantee. Pushing my chips to the middle of the table. This team's going to the playoffs. That's right. And if they don't, you just, you just forget you ever pushed them in. That's how it works. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And Sunday... We get Nice again versus Vince Velasquez, and I tell you, last time we con- we compared John Nice to a bad ex-girlfriend, I'm beginning to think he's like those weird, terrible mice you get in your first shitty Manhattan or Queens or Brooklyn or any five-borough apartment. You know those kind of mice. You can't get rid of them. Kind of like John Nice. You think you got rid of him, he comes back. Sorry, John, not a fan. And if he, was, if he was a mouse, he would consistently be making excuses on why he was stealing the crumbs and running around blaming it on all the other mice, like John Neese does. Oh, yeah, he'd be like a really annoying version of uh, that mouse Fievel from the Disney classic Fievel Goes West. He'd be like Fievel Goes West if he had a, uh, a drug problem instead of lying to all his friends. That's, that's John Neese in a nutshell. We're really going down a rabbit hole here. But, you know, that's, that's just how I feel about it. Uh, you know, John Neese in Philadelphia, I'll have to hold my rosary beads for that one, and it's they're going to be right next to my bottle of Fireball because if we win this one, the final score is going to be 17-16, and Yoannis is going to have to have uh, 15 RBIs. That park is like 100, 100 feet down the line, and John Neese, you know, not uh, no stranger to giving up the long ball, as we discussed before. So expect it to be either a bloodbath or uh, a slugfest between these two. Joke of a ballpark for a joke of a city. See me in the streets. Philadelphia as we head to our bar sponsor of the week. So Richie, after a delicious meal at Applebee's last week, we do have a new sponsor, Panama Pete's in Bethpage, right near the famous golf course over there in Bethpage Black. They have the fancy memorabilia signed by my favorite golfer, Jim Furyk, a no-frills, excellent short game. Shout out to Jim Furyk. They also got a picture on the wall of John Daly shirtless, smoking a cigarette, which Daly signed himself. So, you know, shout out to John Daly. I love your pants. Never give up smoking. Keep fighting the good fight. Anyway, they are known for an out-of-this-world Cuban sandwich and a spiked lemonade, which has enough vodka in it to kill a small horse. Yeah, I got to tell you, I mean, Applebee's was good to us. Uh, You know, the service wasn't so good. Um, You know, the two-for-ones took a little longer than I would have preferred, so we had to change spots. But this is a great spot. This is one of those places where they still tell you, 
you know, they're old school, so they don't fully believe yet that smoking is bad for you. And those are the kind of people that I want to be around. You know, I want to be around smoking truthers. You know, it's not that bad. You take a couple puffs, you relax yourself. I don't see the problem. They don't either. Gotta love these guys over at uh, Panama Pete's. And what I love to do when I'm there is tell people that I'm Ernie Els' cousin, Bernie Els. Uh, no one's believed me yet, but, you know, maybe one day. You know, it's, it's all about persistency. Uh, I also wear a lot of golf clothes there. I don't golf, but, you know, you got to look the part. And also, speaking of those lemonades, I thought I was a tough guy and had three of those in one sitting. Threw up all of my steering wheel in the LIE. So, uh, you know, long story short, they're no joke, but I'd still go to Panama Pete's any day of the week. Uh, I'll see you there. Usually, they have old golf matches on, but if you want, they'll give you the Wi-Fi code, and you could try to, uh, you know, you could try to steal someone's MLB.TV and catch some of the games. Yeah, gotta love it. Panama Pete's. Shout out to them, our boss sponsor of the week, as we head to our storyline segment. And our storyline, it's going to be a recurring one as long as the Mets are in the wild card. The Mets are now four and a half back of the wild card. And I tell you, this is like Groundhog Day with our good friend Bill Murray. Shout out to you, Bill. Another week of mediocre baseball with occasional bright spots, and the Mets are somehow still in the race. The schedule is easier than the time I took the GED and had all the answers written on my palm the rest of the way. They get the Phillies ten more times, the Braves six times, and the Minnesota Twins three times. Can you say 19-0? I mean, I can, but then again, we have guys like Seth Lugo and John Neese in the rotation, so I will not officially say 19-0, although I would like to. Um, you know, with the depth on our roster we have now and the amount of games back we are in the wild card, this, this reminds me of when I was a little kid and the Mets would, in the 90s, they would creep up on the Braves and they would creep up and they would get to this point in the season and you get all riled up. They're 4.5 games out. You'd beg your parents to take you to Shea. They'd take you out to the game. You'd be playing the Braves. The Mets have a nice, cushy 3-2, to 4-2 to two lead in the ninth. And then Armando Benitez came in, and Brian Jordan would just blast one to the friggin' moon. And the Braves would go up five and a half games and never look back from there. So, uh, you know, 4.5 games doesn't make me very excited. It actually gives me uh, the baseball equivalent of meat sweats because I, I see it and I think about those 90s Braves teams. So hopefully we can, we can shave down this lead, uh, you know, uh, quite a bit against these Cardinals. But uh, we'll see what happens. And like you said, it's going to be a storyline till the end of the season. So buckle in and get used to it. Yeah, and I tell you, not saying it, but not not saying it. But maybe they should have made Brian Jordan pissed in a cup a little more. He's a pretty big guy. Catch my drift. But not saying it. Not saying it. But, but uh, you're, not, you're not not. You're not. You're not. Not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not allegations. I'm just. I'm just saying. But, but, I'm, but not. I'm with you. But I'm not. But I'm with you. Sure. Sure. Uh, Storyline number two, Yoenis Cespedes returning like a superhero. I know I've hopped on this quite a bit, but he had about 1,300 feet combined worth of home runs over the weekend. I don't care if he rips heaters. I don't care if he plays golf. I don't care if he makes Terry Collins shine his shoes, even though Terry has terrible arthritis and it's a very mean thing to do. We have to get on this man's back and ride him to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's up there with a fungal bat hitting a handball. It's unbelievable. This guy is like, he's like... uh... It's almost like he has the equivalent of a vortex football, but for baseball. He's hitting the ball like a thousand yards. Like, remember those commercials when L.A. used to throw the vortex out of the, the Bronco Stadium? You know, if Yo had uh, his version of the vortex bat, that's pretty much what he's using out there. I bet he could hit it out of the park lefty, although I, you know, I beg him not to try that. 
We need him to to stay on the right side and uh, keep doing his thing. I'd say he's definitely the best outfielder of all time right now, or the, the best Mets outfielder, that is. Some people would say Carlos Beltran, and to those people I would say uh, strike three looking, all right? Scumbag, bum, no one likes Carlos Beltran. I don't care what you say. Ioannis, best Mets outfielder of all time, lock it in. Lock it in. That's a, that's a bulletproof case, my man, as we head to our third storyline and the bad news coming out about Steven Matz. Is he cooked? What's the deal for the rest of the way? I don't know. This is one of those things where it's like, do you push the guy and potentially kill him and then you don't have him ever again? Or would you rather try to use some sort of uh, combo cocktail of Lugo, this guy Jazilman, maybe that guy uh, Gabby Yanoa, or uh, you know any, any one of the other 1,900 starting pitching uh, retreads we have lying around and try to make it work and see how far you can push the team. Or you can push uh, Smooth Stevie back out on the mound and see if his shoulder falls off and maybe he'll have to retire. What do you think? I think they got to be cautious, kid. I'm all for going for the playoffs and all for the disease of now, or not the disease of now, but wanting to win now. But quite frankly, I think they got to be careful with all the issues we've had with pitchers getting hurt because we've got Dr. Nick Riviera as our official trainer that we need to keep an eye on these guys. I think it's smarter to just shut them down. I'd put, yeah, I'd put that kid in bubble wrap, stick him on the truck, and, and let him thaw out in Port St. Lucie for a few months. And we'll talk to him again in February. No need to, to push this kid. If they're going to win, they're going to have to do it without old number 32, old Stevie boy, old pride of Long Island. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And that brings us to our final storyline of the day. Uh, Noah Sindengard getting a little feisty. Noah tells Terry to, to go screw. Terry the other day goes, hey, uh, Syndergaard, you're doing great. You pitched eight innings. You want to pitch nine? You want to you wanna get a complete game? You want to be a hero? You want to have your name in the paper? And uh, Syndergaard says no. He goes, you know, why don't you, uh, why don't you go suck out a lollipop and kick a bag of rocks? I'm getting out of here. I'm tired. I want to go have a steak, maybe uh, a cigarette with Yoannis, and, uh, you know, a Rheingold's. So he leaves the game, and after the game, he goes, I'm not a superhero. I'm going to do what I want. It's too late in the, late in the season. And, uh, you know, shout-out to Noah Syndergaard for standing up for his rights and what he believes in. Yeah, I, I don't normally feel bad for Terry Collins, but this one's kind of tough. If you're Terry Collins, you know, typically he gets yelled at by the pitches and gets questioned by the press for taking guys out too early. This time you offered to leave him in, and the guy said he didn't want to be in. It's like, you know, you, your kid loves pizza, and you buy pizza, and he said, I wanted uh, tacos. You know, I was like, what What am I supposed to do? I mean, I, I'd have to agree. The pizza taco analogy is a tale as old as time. It's one that I use each and every day. But it's like, you know, it's basically the inmates forcing the, uh, the, the guard to run the asylum the way he should be. You know, it's kind of like if your kid was like, hey, uh, I want pizza. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, then, then you came out and said you want some you want some pizza and ice cream? And the kid was like, no, I just want pizza because I'm the responsible one here. That's what Noah did to Terry, and that's a problem. You know, Noah's basically playing player coach at that point. The guy's got a bone spur in his elbow. Terry's out to lunch, a little garden gnome in a Mets outfit. It's a, a total mess, but again, shout-out to Noah for uh, standing up for yourself, fight for your rights. Uh, you're the best around. <laughs> quite, a, quite a few 80s song drops there, kid. 
That's that's kind of what I've been trying to do. I take <laughs> I took a little piece of the Hulk Hogan song, I am a real American, then peppered it a little bit of that you're the best around from that from that Rocky movie. Shout out to uh any angry Philly fans listening to that. I'm sure you guys love that one. And uh, you know, I, I give everyone little Easter eggs here and there. That's I'm a generous guy. I like it. I'm picking up what you are putting down, my friend, as we head to our third block of the night, the awards block. And the first award, the I like City Field, but I tell you, that giant stadium is beautiful. Right on the water, allegedly have a million craft beers, garlic fries, a steady temperature between 50 and 70, 70 degrees. I mean, I'm out there, I'd be drinking the Sierra Nevadas, the Anchor Steam, eating garlic fries, not sweating. Talk about heaven, kid. Yeah, I think if it were, you know, if it were up to me, I'd probably move in there. A, a nice 50 to 70 degrees. Uh, you know, if my air conditioner at night would go down to, to 50, I'd put it on there. I like to keep it as cold as possible. I like to keep it cold enough to the point where I'm like on the verge of pneumonia. That's where I'm comfortable. So, you know, it seems like I would, I'd be able to go to these games, 50 degree weather, uh, you know, tank top, shorts, flip flops, uh, you know, maybe maybe a little ice cream in a, in a bag if they let me bring it in the stadium. And just really enjoy myself. Maybe look down to that river, see if Kevin Burkhardt is still searching for Barry Bonds balls back there. Uh, you know, or is it a bay? I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh, shout out to San Francisco and their lovely stadium. Um, yeah, I mean, I love City, but this one, this one might be the best in the league. Absolutely, kid. What do you got for award two? Award number two is the Colin Cowgill Enjoy the Ride Because It's Almost Over Award. And I'm giving it to Justin Ruggiano. I mean, this guy literally just came out of the clouds. Uh, I haven't, I think the last time I heard about this guy, he was on the Marlins and it was like 2002 or something. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I show up to the game one day, I look at the big board and it says Ruggiano. Uh, you know, and I thought the Mets had like a new cheese sponsor or something, but, you know, he's right there in the middle of the lineup. So, you know, here we are. We got Justin Ruggiano in our lives. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what we're doing with him. I know about about two games in, maybe not even. I think the first game he played for the Mets, guy like crashed headfirst into the wall, almost killed himself, wound up on the DL. Um, but you know, enjoy a while last, buddy. Soak in that New York spotlight because I can't imagine you're going to be back next season. Hey, I can't blame the kid. I'm all for people that are consistently chasing their dreams. Uh, shout out to Brad Emis, another former mediocre New York Met of your. So uh, as we head to our third award, what do you got? Our third award is the uh, Congrats on Walking Ass Backward into Being a Major League Starting Pitcher Award. It's a, that's a wordy one, but, you know, it is what it is. And that's going out to Seth Lugo. Like I said before, Seth Lugo, uh, you know, he sounds like the half-brother of Julio Lugo, former MLB infielder. Uh, and I can tell you, Julio may be a better pitcher. You know, Seth doesn't really seem like he's got the stuff. Even his AAA ERA was up in, like, the sixes. And I know he pitches out west there. They got the desert, apparently the thin air. The ball flies all over the place, blah, blah, blah. But still, I mean, I, I could not, you know, it, nowhere in my brain could I have told you that on uh, August the 23rd or August the 24th or any time in August or September when we are trying to fight for the playoffs – that we would have Seth Lugo going out to battle for us. So, you know, congrats to him on making it happen. And, uh, you know, shame on the Mets medical staff for allowing this to happen. This is all your fault. Uh, you are both, you are making someone's dream come true while also shattering mine simultaneously. 
Yeah, it's kind of like the Mets training staff is trying to show the Mets fans in the press. They said, oh, the Mets have so much pitching depth. They said, oh, wait till we're done with them. Yeah, we'll show you where the pitching depth is. I mean, and also, what happened to that Rafael Montero guy? Did someone, did he get the Zika? I mean, like, I haven't heard from this guy since, uh, I don't know, 2013 or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. He might be hurt. I could be making that up. But I, he, was, he was a guy. He was I mean, like the, the major guy. At this point, you can make anything up. I think the point here is that, you know, you don't even hear from the guy anymore. That was supposed to be, he was supposed to be our Pedro Martinez without the stupid millennial haircut. So, I mean, you know, things are, uh, they're falling apart. I, I hear you, kid. And uh, as we go to our fourth award, as always, the Mark Carrig Tweet of the Week Award. And when they were in San Francisco, Mark tweeted, Fan to Horowitz, as in longtime Mr. Horowitz PR guy, Jay, we miss you on Twitter. There was a short-lived stint for Jay Horowitz on Twitter. It brought me back to a little bit of a nostalgia. And I tell you, kid, I kind of pictured Horowitz and Mark Corrig as two cops in a buddy comedy. You know what I mean? Like, like Horowitz is the old, the old grumpy guy, uh, almost like Lethal Weapon. He's too old for this shit. And you got Mark Corrig basically just being, uh, you know, the best around. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And you want to hear a little fun fact about Jay Horowitz, which is fun slash disturbing. His fitted hat. His fitted New York Mets hat was big enough that it fit over Robin Ventura's batting helmet. So uh, shout out to Jay Horowitz. I'm pretty sure you're an alien. But, you know, I miss you on Twitter as well. A lot of brain power. A lot of brain power there. You bet. (laughs) As we head to our shout out segment. Shout out to the Mets for building me up potentially and most likely just to let me down all over again. But you got me. You got me all in. You got a glass half full. Glass half full Tommy Fitzgerald here. Uh, shout out to Familia for coming in and throwing bullets on Sunday. Make confident Familia, a guy that we haven't seen that much this season, stay for the rest of the season. I'm with you. Great shout outs. Shout out to us, Drupal Cabrera, for dyeing his hair blonde like a young Lance Bass and figuring no one would notice. I mean, that's a great move. I know you wear a helmet and a hat a lot of times, but you know, you look like you're, you're ripping off the Ray Ardonia style from about 16 years ago. And don't think I didn't see it. All right, it's Drupal. So uh, shout out to you. And then finally, shout out to City Field for being an awful concert venue. I went to go uh, see the, uh, the Zach Brown band the other day. It's a crazy uh, country concert. They had the, the fiddles and everyone was wearing the, you know, the Trump hats and the United States stuff. It really felt that made me feel at home. And uh, the thing is, I missed about a half hour of the concert because the lines were ridiculous. I don't know if it was just amateur hour. I don't know what was going on. I had 17-year-olds asking me to buy them beer on the beer line. Um, you know, just really poorly run. Uh, kind of like this Mets team. Inmates running the asylum. I'm glad I got out of there alive. But the Zach Brown band, second to none. Great show uh, in terms of the music. But City Field, get your act together. So, uh, you know, shout out to you guys for just not even trying. Yeah, I feel like those uh, those country kind of concerts, uh, it's more for the people that go for the tailgating, no? Yeah, I mean, you can't really... The thing is about City Field is that once the parking lot's closed, if you tailgate at a chop shop, I think you're going to get bird flu. I mean, that's not going to be fun for anybody. So, uh, you know, weird place to have a country concert. It's probably, you know, based on the, the general geographic area, and how disgusting everything is, it's probably built up more for like a like a Metallica concert or maybe like a Motley Crue, you know? But like uh, they they gave country music a go and, uh, you know, 
the people inside, I just think, I think they need to be better trained. You know, my guys on the job, you know, we have these guys trained. No one's going to be, no one's going to be driving a tractor or uh, using a, uh, one of those, those electric pitchforks or a jackhammer without at least two days of training and a couple beers in them. So, you know, we do it right, and I'm hoping that City Field can get their act together for concerts and do it right as well. There you go, kid. I like it. You're laying down some truce as we have to give the people a chance to find us on the socials. So what is your, your cousin Gene been telling us? Well, cousin Gene says find us on Twitter at first time, long time, of course. Find us on the, uh, or I'm sorry, find us on Facebook at first time, long time. On Twitter, you can find us at MetsFTLT. You can email us at firsttimelongtimepod at gmail.com. And uh, finally, big announcement. Our Friday rankings are going to be featuring a very special guest, the creator of Mets blog, Matt Cerrone. We're going to be doing uh, a list of five things that Terry needs to do before the end of the 2016 Mets season. Uh, Maddie's going to be helping us out with those. Looking forward to it, fellow Italian. So uh, get ready for that, and we will talk to you on Friday. Yeah, hey, fellas, this is Chris from New Hyde Park. First time, long time. Hi, this is Bob from Greenpoint. First time, long time here. Hey, guys, this is Audie Bevilacqua from Hot Park. First time, long time.